Tired of lying awake, tossing and turning, just hoping for a few hours of sleep? Get the sleep you crave with the one-of-a-kind Tempur-Pedic. Only Tempur-Pedic uses proprietary temper material that continuously adapts and responds to your body to relieve pressure, so you get deep, uninterrupted sleep. All night, every night. Now's a perfect time to renew your sleep with the one-of-a-kind comfort of Tempur-Pedic and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets. Learn more at TempurPedic.com. Like a peg you once said. Ain't that a peg in the head? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Monday Night Marks podcast, the podcast where we break down Monday Nitro and Monday Night Raw head-to-head, segment by segment. Today, though, we have a little surprise. Well, first of all, what's up, Hollywood? What's up, Q? How's it going? It's going, man. It's going. What's our surprise? I'm so excited to hear the surprise. Well, see, I mean, because normally, you know, we just do Nitro Raw, but Uh. as we said... We're going to do a full Fall Brawl 95 review for everyone. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. Did you know that? I did, but I didn't know it was a But now you're surprised. Now, Actually, you're probably more surprised than if there was a real surprise. I'm so surprised that I can't even believe it. Because this is a surprise. Right. Right. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 1995. WCW Fall Brawl. Yes. We wanted to do this because we actually got pretty engrossed within the storylines on Nitro. The big Luger Hogan storyline, Dungeon mm-hmm. Which, if you guys listen to the first two episodes, um, we surprisingly really enjoyed and we were getting into. So, we decided let's do it War Games. 95 Fall Brawl. From Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville... North Carolina. Flair mm-hmm. territory, baby. Yes, flair country. Flair. Horseman country. Yep. So this show, right? You're going to be surprised by this too, I think, Hollywood. All right? Okay. Mm-hmm. The buy rate for this was a .48, okay? Okay. Eight, that's like around 85,000 buys. Okay. Uh-huh. Bash at the beach was the t- pay-per-view before this, okay? Okay. It got a .82. Oh, so that's like a 40-point drop. And Nitro. This is the first pay-per-view since Nitro started. Are you surprised by that? Very. Um, that's weird because if you've been listening, and if you haven't been listening, we just started at the first Nitro, which was at this point two weeks ago. And they kicked it off with you know the surprise signing of Lex Luger. So I mm-hmm. thought, yeah, that's... I was really surprised when I saw that's that That's interesting. Too. Like, 85,000 buys, like, I know, obviously, like, what we used to do is when pay-per-views was still a thing, like, we'd buy it, and we'd all go to, like, one of our houses and watch it, right? Mm-hmm. But still, 85,000 buys, and eight, like, you know, even nationally, like, that's internationally, obviously, but even nationally, like, that's pretty low, dude. I wonder why it would be so low. I wonder if that's maybe uh, school started, 
maybe as, you know versus the yeah. august pay-per-view maybe but like and and bash i i feel like bash is probably more of a like it has more prestige than fall brawl but that being said still it's kind of like i don't know it, it's it surprises me especially i think because this is war games and i feel like a lot of people really marked out for war games back then and in general today you know what I, mean? I would think so yeah. So that's why I'm a little surprised, but um, I'm very surprised. You want to hear shocking. what the main? You want to hear what the main event was for Bash? I wrote this down just sure. for, to compare. So we got so the main event of this one is Dungeon of Doom versus Luger, Sting, uh, Hogan, and Macho. Right. The main event for Bash was for the title: Hogan versus Vader in a cage. And guess what? Vader's AWOL. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Like Vader's mm. gone from the company. But Vader main evented last with last show with Hogan. So that's interesting. Food for thought there, mate. Food for mm. thought. Mm. Okay. Very but, interesting. Um, You're just chock full of surprises tonight. Kid. I am. Look at me. I'm chilling. <laughs> um, we got the attendance too was 6,600. Which, dude, like reading these attendances, because like this is supposed to, like I know it was a downtime of wrestling. Like we're we're going we're only going up from here type of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it still surprises me. Like, 6,600 people. To, like, think about WWE for Raw, even, as unpopular as they are. Like, they still put more than that in an arena. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and this is a pay-per-view. Yeah. So. Um, 6,600. Yep. I guess that's that's not too bad of a gate. I mean, honestly, I, I bet Bischoff was kind of, you know, a little worried when he saw the buy rate, to be honest, because that's not very good. Well, if I'm Bischoff at this point... I'm going to be thinking if, uh, let's see, if Starcade doesn't pop in two months, we have yeah. a problem. Right. Well, what, October, November, December, so three months. Three we, months. Yeah. But still, like... It, you would think after the debut of Nitro, things that, would that, be... Right. And that, that's I think that if I was in his shoes, I think that would bug me a little bit. Like, right. the fact they went down by that much. It's not really even like it's a decline. They went down by that much, so... Exactly. But, um... Yeah, before we get into the full review, thank you guys for watching. Um, go follow the Twitter. This is now on pretty much every single streaming platform. We got every on, single every one. single. We got approved on Google um, recently, which was like those. That's the one that takes forever. So that was really the last thing. But it's everywhere. Um, we're on YouTube too. So I, I was editing up some, uh, you know, fancy clips so you guys had some more imagery. You know, so mm. um, check that out. But yeah, mm -hmm. are, you, are you ready to get into the, the thick of things? I'm ready. Let's do it. Fall Brawl 95, Asheville, North Carolina. Let's do it. All right. So the show opens. We got a hype package. First, it, it's mainly focused on like Flair versus Arn. And it, um, from what I remember, it, it was just, you know, all about family values and like four yes. horsemen and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of just about Hulk and his Hulkamaniacs versus Dungeon of Doom. So it's just, it basically is just talking about all the things we read on Nitro. Luger's here. Can they survive together? You know, like they're going to be in the cage, war games, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it, honestly, this was mainly focused on Flair and Arn, I thought. Like the show kind of, and like this is kind of a theme throughout the whole show. It seems like they, to me anyway, this is what I got across from it. Even the little, when they would do the announcing segments and just like the little hype videos, it was very Flair and Arn like geared. It, it, yeah, it just definitely. seemed like that was the big fight as opposed to even the Hogan and Dungeon of Doom thing at Luger, which definitely. I was surprised about. Which makes it weirder 
to have such a low buy rate, they're in horseman country, and yep. you have the horseman versus horseman here. And and the gate isn't. That's another thing. Like sixty six hundred, the gate's not huge for this either. Right. But I'm not sure what the uh, max capacity was there, but right. Yeah, very interesting. Okay. Um. So then they go to the announcers. All right. We got. Oh, we should add Sue too before we move on. Yeah. Apparently, this show that I didn't watch, there was a uh, one hour of free TV yeah. building up to the event, Ooh. and I didn't watch it because I wasn't sure if it would have been on the network. But I don't, th- it, I don't think they would have that on the network. Okay, but like, apparently, Eddie Guerrero made his debut. Ooh. Yeah, because yes. he, he wasn't on Nitro, right? So that would have been... Right. He does make an appearance on this show. Right. But uh, yeah, apparently he made his in-ring debut on that free is, free view show. Is that wild? That that almost makes it even weirder. I think the buy rate so low. Maybe they saw that people saw that and they were like, "Yeah, I'm definitely not getting this." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> maybe that that's even crazier. But um, okay. So after the hype package, we got Shivani and Heenan. Thank I'm thank glad. God. I, I was glad we got Shivani because this is the first we've seen him yep. during the whole review thing. Yep. Um. One quick quote from Heenan. He says, the giant is sorry he didn't kill Hogan when he ran him over with the, with the monster truck. <laughs> so that's happening, guys. The whole giant, a.k.a. Big Show. Dude, by the way, giant is like, I think he this is less than his uh, his first year in the business at this time. Like, he is like green, green. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But like, you can tell like he's young, so they're trying to hype him. Like, I think at one point, um, Heenan even refers to him as Andre's kid. So like, they're, they're still doing that gimmick thing. Yes, they they tried to push it that way. Yeah, right. Um, But they're basically just hyping war games. Um, But then we go to our first match, boys. This is match number one. We got Flying Brian Mm. versus Johnny B. Bad, aka Mark Marrow. And as soon as he came out, his song was great, and he came out with sparklers. And I was like, dude, I'm into this. Like I was so into this. I don't (laughs) know why. I loved it. But um. He gets into the ring, right? And uh, Johnny B. Bad teases, like, throwing a frisbee. And he throws it right into the ropes. <laughs> uh, yes. It's, it was like the Jeff Hardy being drugged up against Sting. But, like... <laughs> when but he's like, teasing yeah, the shirt throw. he's teasing the shirt, but he's teasing the frisbee. And he throws it right into, like, like a rope and it comes back. It was great. <laughs> but the people... Lo- I honestly thought... I don't know how you felt, but when he came out, I thought the people loved him. Like, I thought he actually was pretty over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. But uh, for sure, Michael Buffer says, like he they have him on, which honestly it gets old after a while. I don't know how you feel about Michael Buffer, but it's like, it's kind of it's weird to me that he's just like he it's too much sort of in a way. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, he's he's more of the main event guy. Like yeah, I, I was okay with them using him, but just for main events would have been nice. Ex- exactly, that's how I felt too. Yeah. So um, he says it's actually, but like this is cool, I guess, because he told us more about the match. But so he says this match is for a number one contendership for Sting's U.S. belt. Yes. So there's like this isn't just like a regular match, which like it, this is you know there's a you know there's a stipulation on the line. Winner, it's number one contendership. So um, the I, Pillman's the heel. I mean, he's getting booed because Bad's pretty much like I can't honestly couldn't believe he was this over. I just really couldn't because I only knew him as Mark Marrow, which was a mm, failure. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, but Sable it's weird. was was right. the one that was over there. Yeah, right. But it was weird, right? Because Flying Brian is like the clear heel. Um, but like they shake hands, 
like that was weird was that weird to you that they shook hands kind of like a respect thing well i don't think it was clear at this point because during the match it seemed like he was going full heel right that okay see that's what i, I thought that maybe that the match was supposed to get him was supposed to turn him mm-hmm. at, at least start hitting out something but like i i don't know like i, I still don't know if it was, it was it was weird to see is what i'm saying from the first thing like I, it was just kind of because i thought he was just healed the whole time but, yeah this it's hard that because we're diving right into it like right. i assumed the first nitro we saw pillman versus uh luger liger, liger. yeah luger i must said yeah liger and they both came across as faces there mm-hmm. to me i don't know about you but this is um and again they, they do the handshake so i'm assuming he's a baby face at this point but as we go through there are a couple notes i jotted down and i thought they did some brilliant stuff here yeah i agree um so getting into the match the bell rings it's a lot of chain wrestling at first they do the uh drop kick leapfrogs and into like the double drop kick spot where it's like you know they kick each other's feet yep um i put down like marrow actually could wrestle dude like after i saw this i was like holy shit like dude he's he's moving he's like oh yeah he was pretty technically sound yep um it goes into some rest holds uh sometimes it gets like a little sloppy but it wasn't anything like to write home about um pillman really took control of the match i thought at a certain point um, he does a cool flying head scissors into a near fall. And when he, after he does this, bro, I don't know if you saw this. Well, you, I'm sure you did, but I, like right here is when I noticed I had to rewind it. But Johnny B. Bad's like busted open from this. I don't know if he hit his head. Like I tried to rewind yes. it and find it. But he was like, he was pretty cut around the eye area and he was bleeding the whole match, which I thought was awesome. But I don't think he bladed or anything. I think it was definitely just like took a bad bump, hit his head, knee to the face, something like he was cut. Yeah, I think so, too. I couldn't find where it was either, but the announcers weren't making a big deal out of it. So I figured, you know, so an accident happened somewhere. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> So Johnny B. Bad fights back, and uh, they go he go, they go into, like, a shitty chokehold, right? Um, and then Pillman gets the momentum back, and at one point, Heenan goes, um, bang his head on the ground and ring his bell after, like, a near fall for Pillman. <laughs> <laughs> which i thought like that just couldn't fly today but i laughed at the time like it was funny <laughs> yep um so pillman's like in control and he goes who's a bad man now like to the camera and he laughs he does like his crazy pillman laugh so i thought that this was kind of the first point in the match where he was you know healing it up a little bit more um mm-hmm. like you could really tell like th- this whole match he's really in control and he's doing a lot of like choke holds and stuff like that something very heelish um they did this like sick tilt world backbreaker spot that was like shades of eddie it's funny you mentioned him earlier but like it looked like an eddie guerrero backbreaker but it was johnny b bad doing it mm-hmm. and then they go into this dude i called it the motorcycle spot it's a submission where like johnny b bad was stretching him but it looked like really bad for some reason but it looked like he was like riding a handlebar mustache or like a handlebar like yeah shopper. i know the spot you're talking about yeah like, yeah because he put his legs there and he just held his arms and it just looked kind of bad but it was kind of funny um, and then after this, like a little bit more wrestling, just standard stuff. Pillman goes, I said, Pillman, Pillman going full heel. He tries to leave the match. Um, and then he gets back in the ring and he goes for a handshake and, uh, Johnny B. Bad acts like he's going to punch him. But, um, like instead of doing the handshake, so basically Johnny B. Bad, it, like he's, he's annoyed. He's lost all Pillman's trust there. 
at this point, right? Like there's right. no there's no trust within the two. Like it's it, Pillman's basically healing it up. Yeah, d- bef- before this spot, there was like, I think there were three instances where like they did the the handshake in the beginning, but then at one spot, um, Pillman punched him out of nowhere. Yeah, and it was kind of like okay, that that that's not part of the match. He punched right. him. Yep. Then he was getting frustrated, and then he pushed him once. Mm-hmm. And as that's, this is going on, I'm going, wait a minute. He's like really going full-fledged heel. And then there was a third part where he was just going to leave the ring. Yep. And he just left and he was walking up the ramp. So he, like, they, they're really, they're really turning him. Yeah. Like, like I mean, it's not like he's doing anything super despicable yet, but you can tell, like, he's just, he, he's, he's more going like frustrated heel, I think, where he's like doing anything to win kind of type of thing. Right, right. He's starting to dig down. Right. It should be mentioned too during the match. Um, and oh my God, Tony and Heenan did a great job here. But they were talking about, I think it was Tony brought up the fact that Sting trained Johnny B. Bad. Mm-hmm. So they did a decent job hyping up this being a number one contender match for yeah, Sting. Because, you know, winner, it'd be Johnny B. Bad versus Sting. So that, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, there was a spot where Heenan goes, so, so you're telling me he trained Johnny B. Bad and Tony's like trying to explain it. And he goes, so, and Bobby goes, so he's his pet. Yeah. And, and, and Tony's like, well, I wouldn't call him his pet. And he goes, roll over, sit. <laughs> it was just, and it was just classic. Heenan. Dude, he's, you know, he, as Tony's talking, he's just blurting stuff out. Like this is, this is what the third show. This is the third WCW show since this podcast started. And like, he's just every, every, every show. He's, he just amazes me with something funny. Like <laughs> he, he's so good. Like, I wish I would have been alive and been able to have been like a huge fan back when he was color because he was just awesome he was fantastic um so yeah they do the that handshake that they do the heel stuff um bad hits an awesome springboard leg drop um into a near fall and then they do like a who got who spot um and after the who got who spot it was great because they were down for a while they get up and they do a and they do a headbutt where i think pillman headbutted johnny b bad or something and they both fell back down again into like a five count or something like a last man stand, like it was like the who got who, mm-hmm. and then they headbutt each other, and they both take the damage. It was great. I thought. Yes. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of great storytelling in this match. Yes. Um, suplex to outside, and Pillman really he eats shit, and then bad over the top. Um, bad gets drop kicked trying to come off the top into a two count. This is just basically a near fall fest. There's sit out power bombs. Yes. There's this awesome tombstone by Pillman. Like he really, like. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like he put a lot of power right there. Um, that's with three minutes left, okay? And then this is where I put in asterisk. This is a very good match. <laughs> um, and then there's a minute left, okay? So there's it was a 20-minute time limit. So if it hits 20 minutes, they go to a draw, right? That's what, that's what Buffer said at the beginning of the right, match. Right, yes. So with a minute left, he does a Russian leg sweep into an arm bar. 60-second countdown's on. Bad gets his arm up with 30 seconds. Like, Buffer's literally saying this over, like, he's giving us updates, like, 30, 15, right? Mm-hmm. Face buster into the Tutti Fruity, which is the name of Johnny B. Bad's finisher, um, into a near fall. And then Pillman gets a flying clothesline near fall. And as he time expires, right, at, like, the, at the near fall, the time already expires, so there's, there's no winner. And I said time expires, but Nick Patrick is God, so it goes to sudden death OT. <laughs> like they just made this up on the spot. Like he he's he's better at the camera, and like the no GM comes out, no like you right. know what I mean. He just yep. goes he just goes. I just got word, blah blah blah. Like we're doing this, but like they didn't do anything to set that up. It was just 
him saying we're going into sudden death overtime and a Heenan goes first time I've ever heard that in wrestling <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I thought that was great um so they do another like last man standing spot sleeper a couple sleeper holds Pillman suplex into a failed suit Pillman superplex um then dude Johnny B. Bad hits this great diving sunset flip for like a two and three quarter um, there's like a spiked hurricane. Dude, this is just high spots galore at this point. It's just near mm-hmm. fall, high spots, near fall. Um, they do a Pillman crucifix. He has Johnny Bad in a crucifix spot. And he just throws him back into like a Samoan drop, which I thought was dope. Yes. That was um, nice. He hits the It's a Bad Day, which is a top rope hurricane rana. And then Pillman hits a great DDT from the top for another near fall. Crotch spot. And Bad throws him into the rail. Suicide dive. Um, this is just, I don't know. I don't know, dude. It was just, at this point, it was like, I was like kind of blown away at these guys and the story. I was completely blown away. Um, and then, dude, I thought this was cool. Pillman like crotched himself going for like a dive. Um, and then bad, Johnny B. Bad eventually wins after who got who spot, where like it was kind of cool. I thought, I don't know how you felt about this finish. Um, it was oh, like, I love the finish. It was after it, the good. It, it was just like, it was like a cross body. So mm-hmm. like, but it's just like Johnny B. Bad had more power. So he's the one who landed it, but they both did a cross body to each other. And I thought it was cool. So he got the, he finally got the win in 29, 14. So it was a 30 minute match to open. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think they may have been both on the outside because I, I just wrote last exchange and I can picture the last exchange but I can't remember what led right up to it. Right. But they, I don't know if you noticed, but they actually ran like they were saving it. They ran full speed mm-hmm. at each other and they ducked each other's clotheslines. So they're kind of, they kind of have that fast action of the Irish whip leapfrog thing that these guys are doing at this time period. Yep. And then they full speed duck again. And then that's when they hit the cross body. When they come back, they both hit each other, but Johnny, Johnny got the better end of it yep. and got the one, two, three. But I was watching this match. And if you're listening, I think you just did a good job, Q, with the uh, the specifics and the near falls and the specifics and the near falls and the mm-hmm. move and the near fall. But go back and watch this match if you're listening, because I was thinking, wow, this is like, I don't want to say it was on the level of uh, Steamboat Macho. Yeah. 88 whenever that was 86 whatever year that was but this was kind of it kind of had the same vibe to it it wasn't as you know important it didn't feel as as important right right but it it may have been as good in a sense but it was it was different it wasn't as pretty you know like yeah i i technically i legitimately like watched this and i was like in and i like because i thought about it for i paused i paused the pay-per-view after this and obviously we couldn't talk about it yet because we were saving our thoughts for this but like i wanted to text you and be like dude this is like the best wrestling match i've seen in years like this match was incredible (laughs) guys like it was like i don't we can't do it justice like obviously we can tell you the storyline like this the way they did things is good and i can break down the spots and stuff but the timing they had incredible timing there were no botches at all really throughout the whole thing which i was surprised about because they were working at a pretty fast pace at a certain point yeah they were yeah they were like they just had some kind of chemistry and this is like one of those things once again where it's like it made me think like yo like what did they do to mark marrow to screw him up in wwf and what and like i wish pillman was still here type thing like yeah i wonder if he was if he actually even got um like an injury 
between here and WWF, but this was not Mark. This was no. This he was, was really good in this match, dude. And and like and on like you can't just say Pillman's a great worker, and that's why this was a great match. Like, dude, he was doing some incredible shit. I thought throughout the whole like he. I, and in a noisy, stressful world, quiet is the most valuable commodity, and the cabin of every Lincoln vehicle is designed with this principle in mind. Should you desire a little more melody? Our available Revel audio system will not disappoint. The very same engineering that makes for a whisper-quiet interior provides a studio-like setting in which to rock out to your music, finding harmony all around you. That's the power of sanctuary. And that's Lincoln. Revel and the Revel logo are trademarks of Harman International Industries, registered in the United States and other countries. With Root Insurance, you have the power to control your own rates, and that could save you a lot of money. Root is a new type of car insurance that looks deeper than traditional insurers by using the sensors in your smartphone to understand important details about how you actually drive. That's how Root is able to give better drivers a better price. Here's how it works. Just download the Root app, get on the road, and we'll give you a quote. Learn more at joinroot.com. Disclaimers may apply. See joinroot.com for details. And honestly, like, I don't know... I don't like this. This was just one of those things where, like, like you said, Macho Steamboat. It's like two guys with a certain chemistry. You can mm-hmm. see it coming through the screen, and like yep. everything timing wise, it's just boom, boom, boom. It's clicking. Yep. And it was like it was seriously like I think it's the best wrestling match I've seen in a while, dude. Like it really is. I would and say it, so far since we've been doing this, so we're only three weeks in, but this is by far the match of. Oh yeah. Match of Absolutely. the year candidate right here Absolutely. for this where we're at. And honestly, I'll be surprised if I watch something and I'm like, this, like, and this will beat it. Like, I'm surprised if, like, I'll see something and I'm like, oh, my God, that was better. Because I was really blown away by this match. I really, really was. This actually made me do something that I never do. What's that? I Googled Meltzer's star rating. Hmm. Or Flyin' Brian and Johnny Be Bad at Fall Brawl 95. Four stars. Mm Hmm. Because I didn't think... You know, in the annals of every single wrestling match that that guy does. Right. You know, New Japan. He's all over the place. He does everything. I thought, I never heard of this match. I didn't, never heard of it, you know, held in any esteem or anything. I never heard it mentioned. And sure enough, there it was, four stars. And I thought, wow, good job, Meltzer, because uh, you know, I, I'm not a and, big Meltzer fan. But I thought, yeah, yeah that's fair. That this and, is and, a four-star match. And I, I, I would argue, I'm not saying it'd be a five-star, but I'm saying, like, if these two are more over and they actually had a storyline and they mm-hmm. had put on the same match, this could have been higher, I think. Like Absolutely. It, like, this was like, 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 guys, this is like, if this was Rock and Austin and they did the same shit and it was, like, for the title or something at Mania, this could right. be, like, a five-star spot in people's minds because they just didn't have a, a lot of... You know, like they didn't have a big fan base behind them. They didn't feel important, but the work they, the actual in ring work and the story they told was amazing. Yes. So I, I like seriously, guys, like this made me go on our Twitter and be like, "Yo, what's everyone's thoughts on Mark Marrow?" And uh, at Pro Wrestling Hipster, he he commented. He said, "Never thought he should have been anywhere near the card, like he was at. Um, he was never good, whatever." But I think that he was awesome here. I really did. I thought. See, that's the, bad. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Like. And I know Pillman got banged up eventually, but when some when I just hear the words in general, Brian Pillman, I think of WWF ninety seven mm-hmm. Heart Foundation, Pillman, Crazy yeah. Pillman, uh, Stone Cold that Pillman's house with the gun, Pillman, yeah, Pil- Pillman nine eleven, yeah, <laughs> or, or nine millimeter, whatever, nine it is. millimeter Pillman, yeah. 
Yeah, but this this is uh again, I'm glad we're going back and watching this because now Look, I've you, seen Flying Brian matches before, but now like I I really get the sense of who he was as yep, well. Yeah, I agree. And and the thing too, like you said earlier, like I don't think I ever would have heard of this match if we didn't watch this. Exactly. Like yep. if you google it, like people like I'm surprised literally like people don't talk about this as like a standard for like great mid-card work, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like this is guys, this is like Eddie Guerrero Dean Malenko stuff. Yes. But, but like people don't talk about this like it's crazy dude it, it is nuts how good this match was and like you said they, they kicked this show off 30 minutes 30 yeah. minute match that and and you know what's great about that too i forgot to mention this i was i meant to talk about this the pace that they did like it started out boring and they it, it slowly crept up crept it got the crowd so hot dude because yeah they paced it and told the story the right way mm-hmm. this is literally if, if if i'm like if i'm running a wrestling promotion I want my mid carters and my openers to go watch this match and be like, guys, this is exactly the pace you should work at. Yep. This is the story you should tell. This is how we're going to get people to get hyped for the pay-per-view. Go out there and have a match similar to this because they, like I'm telling you, this is like the standard for all mid card work. And it, but it's even better than that. Like, like I said, if rock and Austin had this type of match, it's like people would think it's one of the greatest of all time. Obviously like, you know, that's a lot of hypotheticals, but this is a really great match. Yep, and it more than did its job as the first match of the show. Yeah, this is like, I mean, this one, is perfect. This is, it's perfect. It is one for one, and honestly, in in a way, it's it's so hard to top. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it it's it's one of those double edged swords where it's like, oh, is anything gonna beat this pay per view? Like, <laughs> like this is like, and uh, you you guys will see when we run down, but it's tough, man. It's tough. Yep, yep. Definitely set the bar high for Flair and Arn, especially, I would think. Definitely. <laughs> I feel like Arn, Arn came back, or they came back, and they were just like, shit, like, we got to top that somehow. <laughs> yep. But, um, so, yeah, so Johnny B. Bad's number one contender for Sting's belt, and it, they went 29-14. Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So we got, after this, we got the announcers hyping the card, basically, and then we go to a Flair in- interview with Mean Gene. Keep in mind, we're in Asheville, baby. Mm-hmm. Hyping four horsemen, the symbol of excellence. He puts up the four. Um, we he talks about arm. Um, we became what life's all about. We bled, slept, ate, cried together. Horsemen, whatever. And then they and then Gene says something like, "Do you hate Arn Anderson? Like, is, do you want to like hurt him badly?" Blah blah blah. Flair goes, "The problem is, is that I love that I love him." Mm-hmm. Right? He's That's like, a great line. Yep. He goes, "There's only one king of the hill," and he goes, "It's gonna be the nature boy," and he woos, and that's the interview but this was classic flair doing his thing and i love the fact that the angle they're doing with this isn't that they hate each other it's that they love each other so much that arn basically arn is mad about the way flair's been conducting himself and he doesn't think he's old rick flair we'll get to that later because there's another yes arn gets a mic time but basically they're building this as like a like they love each other but they have to be some sense into each other type thing yep which i thought this is a family arguing Yep. Sometimes you have to fight it out. And this was, yeah, this was by far like classic vintage Ric Flair promo. Great promo, dude. Yep. Perfect. Um, So we go into match two now. <laughs> this was, dude, this was great. I thought this um, was interesting stuff right here. <laughs> I was like, it, this is one of those things where you look at it and you're like, yep, it's 1995 mm-hmm. and, and it's WCW. It was, it was one of those both things. So we got Cobra. That's his name, Cobra. CIA. Cobra. C- I put CIA, CIA guy in parentheses. He's like little, little trivia. Little trivia. Now, I did not know Cobra, and I did not know Pitbull Sergeant Craig Pittman. Yeah. But I do know who Cobra is. 
you are you aware of who he is? No. Is he? He's not Sarge, is he? Like the power plant guy? Or he's too big for that. I don't think he's that. No, nah, he was fake Sting in the future. Dude, no. The NWO Sting. Yep. Oh, he, Cobra eventually gets paid a lot of money <laughs> for no reason. True. Now Heenan made it clear on the entrance, and this is what you were alluding to. He's not a Marine. He's a CIA special forces. And it, did you yep. notice that from the time Cobra started coming down the aisle until the bell ended the match, Heenan was all about military. He was. It was so f Everything he said was like a military thing. It was, dude. Terrible. He, he and I mean, keep in mind, this match was it la like it lasted a minute and a half. So spoiler yes. alert, it lasted a minute and a half. But still, it was great that he was do having all these quotes, dude. <laughs> um. So, I put he might have worse music than Isaac Yankum. If you guys listen to last episode, you know how badly we hate it. Because this one, dude, so Yankum's got the zzz, zzz drill bit, but he's got, like, radio static. I'm Bas so glad you said that because when I heard it, I thought, oh, my God, it's Yankum. It's just the same. But thing. it's it's just radio static. It's like, it, what's not even, it's, is it radio? It's more like, it's like Morse code sort of in a way. Yeah, it, it was Morse code. It was like the beeps. Yeah. It's like, dude, dude. <laughs> and he's like walking to the ring dude it's oh my god it's i so thought it was going to be an intro at first and then i just started laughing because so did it was i just like it was drum. the whole thing he yep. makes it to the ring and it's still happening and it, i was just laughing good <laughs> so he's i guess this is like what like i don't we don't know much about this angle but craig sergeant craig Pittman, i guess was like his boss or something mm -hmm. and i'm assuming there was like a blowout where cobra wanted to do his own cia thing but Pittman wanted to keep him in the military stable i don't really I, know. i'm assuming <laughs> yeah something like that maybe but so as Pittman's music's playing right he's did you notice who comes out it's like he okay so he sends one of his lackeys out and the announcer's like oh who's this this isn't Pittman." and cobra's like doing the spot in the ring like where is he where is he right did you notice mm -hmm. who was wearing the army gear no i did not prince iakea really yep if you, I, I, I couldn't even find it on Google. I just knew it was him, dude. Print like <laughs> now they dude. just said it, he must be a private. Yep, he was the private in the stable. Wow. He was, he was crazy. But it was Prince I K before it was Prince I K. So they no, send him out. Him. Um, he doesn't do anything. He go so he walks to the ring, right? And Heenan's kind of building up the fact that like, oh, he's got to you know like beat him for his sergeant, whatever. Then Pitt, he can get Pittman. But instead, Pittman comes down from the building. <laughs> Like he's Sting in 1997, and Cobra is selling like he has no idea the entire time. But it's imp I don't know how he doesn't know, dude. But it's great because I it was so entertaining because it's hilarious because it's literal military stuff like yes and CIA stuff coming down from the scene. He beat Cobra at his own game, maybe. And <laughs> dude, he comes in, Pittman beats him up for like a minute. Wait, wait, wait! Before you get there. <laughs> okay, so we have to paint the picture there. It's war games, so they have two rings set up yeah. side by side. Well, two, and two cages. And right, so you have Cobra in the in the one ring with the private on the apron. Mm -hmm. And you see Pittman repelling down like a soldier over the other ring. He unhooks and he doesn't just go into the ring. <laughs> <laughs> gets down on all fours and he's crawling and he goes under the ropes like it's freaking tripwire. He's <laughs> he's crawling into the second ring under the ropes. I totally busted out laughing Dude, when I saw this. This is one of the it was things amazing. where like you have to just sometimes enjoy pro wrestling for 
like he was across he, enemy lines <laughs> <laughs> and he's taking it totally serious it's great and oh my god i just don't know how like like heenan keeps it together and like like because they weren't like laughing or anything they were like oh he's behind like you they were saying the military stuff like you said yep, like yep. they were really building it like a storyline it's one of those things where you just got to enjoy pro wrestling for like all the stupid shit that happens. You know what I mean? Yep. It was so funny. It was entertaining just for like pure entertainment reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it like, it's seriously like you, like you guys are going to listen to this and you're going to know what's happened. But like when you watch it for the first time, you don't know where he is. And you just think like legitimately, like it's the prota Ikea in the private is going to wrestle him. And, like, you just see him come down with camo and face paint from the rafters. Like, it, it is great stuff. It's so it's, funny. It's insane. It's great. I loved it. But, um, yeah, so he wins in, like, a minute and a half with the Code Red armbar. Code, code red. red. Yep. As in, you know, Code Red. Blackhawk down. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Um. Segment. F- the next segment. You ready for this? This if is If anyone's great. seen A Few Good Men. Classic Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson movie. Ooh. Code Red. Code Red. If you haven't seen it, watch it. You'll know what a Code Red is. Pow. Um, <laughs> you ready for the next segment? Oh, uh, dude, I just, I'm picturing Pittman crawling under the ring ropes. It's <laughs> just amazing. Okay, go ahead. I'm ready. This is, this segment's more amazing than. Oh, oh. Do you remember? You, now you remember. Now you know. I just looked down at my paper and it says, <laughs> I am Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> That's all I wrote because this is amazing. So it's a backstage, right? And it's just Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, who at this point I think is old, dude. Like he's he's up. He was in like you know this is fifteen. No, I guess what twelve years from Mania one. So like, yeah. So I did some googling on this on this spot. Yeah. And apparently at this time period, Mr. Wonderful was just back. It's WCW, so they're getting all the old guys. Mm-hmm. And he's back, and he just didn't he didn't quite have the run that they thought they were going to use him. Right. So he kind of got lost in the mid-card shuffle at this point. And I guess he's feeling like he's not Mr. Wonderful anymore. That's the, and that's the gist of this amazing angle that they shot. Amazing. This this was this was unbelievable. So he's he goes he's looking in a mirror basically. And he goes he he basically is like who am I? <laughs> who is Mr. He's like Mr. <laughs> He's like, I don't see Mr. Wonderful. I'm not. This isn't Mr. Wonderful. And he just keeps repeating himself. And they do quick cuts of like just different parts of the mirror of him looking looking in the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. And he's flipping out. He's like, I'm not Mr. Wonderful. This isn't Mr. Wonderful. I don't deserve to be Mr. Wonderful. And he goes, <laughs> this guy, Gary Spivey, shows up, which I do. You know who Gary Spivey is? <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> you got to ex- describe it because like I'm young, obviously. All right. So they... They called it the Psychic Companions Network. Okay. But this is this is kind of like a spoof on the Psychic Friends Network. So this is what, we're 95. Yeah. All right, so I'm back in high school now. Um, as long as I can remember, there was something called the Psychic Friends Network. And basically all, all it was was like, I'd see it a lot late night MTV. You know, you're watching yeah. Beavis and Butthead, whatever. They would roll these commercials where you can call a phone psychic. Okay. 900 number, whatever. They charge you out the ass and you're talking to a psychic and they do the psychic reading over the phone. So right. it was called Psychic Friends Network. So Gary Spivey was apparently back then, he was a he was a psychic 
but he was kind of more like a radio type. I don't want to say right. he was a total spoof shock jock type thing, but okay. he, he did make a boatload of money off, you know, being a right. supposed psychic. So, so he shows up right. in Wonderful's locker room. And he goes, I got a vision to help you, like Mr. Wonderful. And he keeps telling him to look in the mirror. Who do you see? And Mr. Wonderful keeps saying, this isn't Mr. Wonderful. I don't know who this is. Like, who am I? Right. And eventually, after Gary Spiver just keeps saying, look in the mirror. Now, who do you see? Like, I had a vision. Right. And he goes, eventually, like after like a minute of this, a minute and a half of this, he finally goes, I see Mr. Wonderful. And he has like this realization. And he's like, I am Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> And now listen, if you're listening to this, you think Q here is just not explaining it well, but he's no. perfect because all he said was, I'm not Mr. Wonderful, I'm not Mr. And then he switched it. He's like, I am Mr. Wonderful. There's a, yep. That's all that's at the whole And time. he just kept saying it over and over and over for like two minutes. It was amazing. The only line that he says that's different pretty much is he goes, I am Mr. Wonderful. I see Mr. Wonderful. He goes, I look better than I ever did before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then he goes, and then Gary Spivey eventually is like, I had a vision. Like, yes, I knew this would happen, blah, blah, blah. And it ends with him saying, I am Mr. Wonderful. And he starts like kissing his biceps. And he goes, I am Mr. Wonderful. And he just keeps kissing his part, different parts of his arms. And then he kisses himself. It ends with him kissing himself in the mirror, like kissing himself on the lips. Yes. In the mirror. And then they come back to the announcers, and like it's the most, like it's not the most bizarre thing they've ever seen. And he goes, "Well, it looks like Mr. Wonderful might have found himself again. Maybe he'll be back. Who knows?" Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like it wasn't the most the craziest thing they've ever seen. But this is hilarious. Like honestly, this is four segments in to like the show in general, and like I'm having a great time watching this. Like it, it was just a great like it's a great stupid like in between matches like mm -hmm. funny entertaining promo. But yeah, this is kind of the stuff you sometimes miss in like uh, present pro wrestling. It's just like stupid stuff like this is so good. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, this is this makes you laugh your ass off. Yeah, and all, that's all we ask of it. It's not supposed to be like great. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, was, and I'm actually interested to see where they go with this because are they legitimately going to push Mr. Wonderful again? I, because that's what I, I it think feels they like. Are like I think I, I I mean he might be being put like I don't think it it's necessarily supposed to be a comedy thing. But to us, it kind of was. But, like, it's interesting to see if they're, like you said, they're actually going to push him as a legitimate, like, he found his form again. You know what I mean? Right. So th I, this was just great. This was funny. Like, definitely go watch this, guys. This this is classic <laughs> pro wrestling right here. It is. It was so good. 100%. Um, so after he figures out he's Mr. Wonderful again, um, we go to match three, which is DDP with the Diamond Doll, a.k.a. Kimberly, and Max Muscle against... Well, first, before we say who it's against, it was wasn't it weird like DDP coming out to, and you didn't hear like self high five. Yeah, like spirit. It was weird. Yeah, this was way before that even. Um, and as they're walking to the ring, because Kimberly's like obviously like a, a dime, like she's a babe. Yeah. Shiv Shivani goes. This reminds me of the when the hot girl dated like the the, the high school dirtbag in high school. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great line. And I was like, yep. And then Heenan goes. He asks Heenan. He's like, doesn't this remind you of that? Whatever. Kind of like you, Heenan. And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. Like I picked who I wanted to date in high school. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did so great. But so this is for the TV title, and the TV champ is Renegade. Now, who's Renegade? You might be wondering. Mm. He is WCW's basically parody of the ultimate warrior yes but this so, is like 
you know, this is 95. It's not like Warrior has wrestled in WWF for a while at this point. So Yeah, this this was actually, I had to Google it because I knew there was actually a Warrior connection to this guy. Yeah. And I, I couldn't remember what it was, but I knew it was just uh, more than the obvious. <clears throat> and what I found was when this guy debuted, I think it was the beginning of this year or the end of 94. Okay. But Hogan actually teased he was going to have the ultimate surprise coming. Uh. And when he did, I guess they showed this guy sh- uh, like a silhouette in a vignette and everybody legitimately thought he was the ultimate warrior coming. And turns out. And it turns was, out, no, it it's this just. Guy. And this guy renegade. too. I mean, I know like it's not. They're cracking down on steroids around this time, but he's totally not big at all. Like he's nowhere near like Ultimate Warrior's physique as far as like you know what I mean. Like I mean, right. obviously, like he's big, but he's not like you know he's not like he's the poor man's Ultimate Warrior. The poor man's Ultimate Warrior. Perfect. Yep. But um, like he does the same stuff. Like he has a hype song that sounds like Ultimate Warrior song, and he runs. He sprints to the ring. Yep. Kind of head bangs. Head bangs. Yeah. He's supposed to be the Ultimate Warrior. Like, it's, but I will say, you know, throughout the match, um. I think Renegade may have had a little bit more athletic ability. Though. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I, I thought. <laughs> I mean, he was doing some stuff that I was surprised to see. Especially like, cause he like, I'm not, I'm not saying he wasn't big, cause he like this guy's big. You know what I mean? It's just he's not like Ultimate Warrior's physique type thing. Right. Um. So he, yeah, the, the this is their this is the Ultimate Warrior's parody with um, Jimmy Hart, by the way. Yeah, with Jimmy Hart, which I thought was like, he he always somehow finds a way into being involved in a match do you know what i mean (laughs) yeah like we'll just be like oh jimmy hart's here like cool um but yeah so they start the match and ddp head headbutts renegade as one of the first spots and ddp flies out of the ring and renegade's like just chilling i thought it was pretty cool um and then he does like an oversell where he walks into the ring post and and then jumps over the guardrail and he goes into the crowd like all from this headbutt oh my god he was overselling Um, the the entire match it was it was so good like i actually enjoyed this match for basically just because of ddp um but um, so they, they have this gimmick right now where every time DDP does something, <laughs> I love Ki- this. Kimberly, ha- like Kimberly Page, like his wife Diamond Doll, she gets a ten. Like it's basically like what Ty Dillinger used to do, but mm-hmm. she actually has signs. Like right. this, is, this was obviously before Ty Dillinger too. She has signs where she just holds it up and she walks like she. It's like a boxing match or something. And then she's so at one point, right? DDP does like a cool neck breaker, and she's right by the camera, and she goes, "Ah, not again!" And she picks <laughs> up the ten, and she walks it again, and it's just great. It's so good. Um, yeah, it was funny too because he like forces her to do it. Yep. Like he just looks over at her, and she's like, "Oh, I gotta do this again." And and it's kind of funny because like the the whole thing is like, um, you can tell Kimberly's kind of like annoyed with DDP throughout the whole match. So I don't know if they're building tension there or something. Right. But um. Right, so like he, you could tell, like he's like he's basically like Kimberly's kind of a face. Kimberly's a face, basically, and Paige is a heel at this point. Like that's right. what it comes across, where like he is just kind of like treating her like garbage and whatever. But this is a great, this is a great gimmick that she's doing. Um, I think it's hilarious. But um, yeah. So um, DDP, I thought his even here in '95 when he was a little bit younger than like world champ in '99 or you know the good runs he had with against the nwo as like their number one adversary other than sting um i thought he's like offense was really cool and he was really unique selling and like he was definitely not a normal i was thinking about it for 95 he wasn't like a normal wrestler for 95 you know what i mean like he was really i thought he was unique to the point where he was like different from everyone and really stood out you know what i mean Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think what made him unique was like years before that he was a manager, basically. Mm-hmm. And like he was with the Freebirds a lot. And then when he started wrestling, it was like, because he's not cut up, he's not huge. He, uh-huh. He's like, he's different. He's definitely unique. Right. Um, I don't know, almost like more believable. Like he's just a regular guy that's yeah, fighting think, his ass off. And I think in a way, like, I like the fact they make him a heel because he's good at it. But if he wasn't good, I, like, I think he's a natural baby face for those reasons. Because he's like Austin, kind of, like in a way, he's like relatable like Austin was later. Yeah, yeah. That's, in, that's in, a good, in a weird way. I yeah. Mean, but it is crazy because he's like, dude, he's really tall. Like, I didn't realize how tall he yeah. was. But he, he doesn't really have a body, which is great. But um. Yeah, so, so let me ask you, like, I thought this match came off like a little bit cartoonish with the overselling and stuff. It, but, it did. But that being said, like. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the exciting adventure of the daily commute to the peace of mind that Geico always has your back with 24-7 access to claim service and legendary customer service. But Pamela Mund had one reason in particular. My skin is extremely averse to most fabrics, except for the soft, buttery feeling of leather. Thankfully, I found my clan of leather lovers in the biking community. It's been life-changing. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. With Root Insurance, you have the power to control your own rates, and that could save you a lot of money. Root is a new type of car insurance that looks deeper than traditional insurers by using the sensors in your smartphone to understand important details about how you actually drive. That's how Root is able to give better drivers a better price. Here's how it works. Just download the Root app, get on the road, and we'll give you a quote. Learn more at joinroot.com. Disclaimers may apply. See joinroot.com for details. And I realize we're in a weird time period because we're like transitioning from one thing to like one era to the next era. But it's so interesting because this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast. But Flying Brian, Johnny B. Bad, yep, four star match. Then you had the Flair promo, so it's like serious wrestling. Then you had the '80s, you know, throwback Cobra Pitbull stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Mr. Wonderful thing. And now you have this match, which was almost like cartoonish. Right. Like you're seeing like the smorgasbord, Mm -hmm. but also like a transition from one era to the next. And I thought it was really interesting because after I saw this match, I was like, wow, like they're really hitting each audience. Yeah. 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 I I think like, like you said, like they Bischoff definitely had like, cause you said this even after we watched the first Nitro, you said about how, it's crazy how much of like the stuff he wanted to do he was doing. I think he's just really good dude at like being a businessman and being like people like different things and like we need to give them all these things. And like I think he like you said like this is a, this pay per view right now is a great example of that. Even though it's not Monday Night Live primetime TV, like everything like I, and like it, I mean us is just like like hardcore pro wrestling fans, right? Mm-hmm. Like even we can watch these and enjoy the cartoony stuff because we're not right. getting it's not all the time. It's everything's different, so there's a little bit of everything, right? Yes. There's so a variety that, here. That's yeah. why I think it, it works. I think this that's why it did work for them for so many years. Obviously before the politics came in and whatever, like you know, in like the WCW story. But yeah, you're right. Like it is crazy that every segment's a little bit different. Yep. Um but yeah, so um at one point he does a de- uh, reversal. And Heenan goes, sweetheart, get the numbers. And he does. <laughs> but so the end of the match is kind of confusing. Like it's 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 dumb, sort of. 
but like it's cartoony like you said so it was expected so he max muscle like the muscle for ddp basically big jacked guy he he wears like the pink tuxedo whatever with yep. sleeves um he, renegade can go for a win but instead he jumps on max muscle <laughs> like he goes for the pin on max muscle basically and or no he no what was no he jumped outside outside of the ring and jumps on max muscle yes and ddp is about ready to lose right Mm-hmm. and it just didn't make a lot like it, it was obviously like a cartoony thing but like it just didn't make much sense but then i loved the fit i thought the finish was pretty cool max muscles holding renegade's legs from outside the ring and ddp hits a diamond cutter and kimberly's like annoyed that that he won that way but that's how like that's how ddp wins the tv title he basically cheats with max muscle and i just thought it was a kind of a unique finish for a cartoony kind of match you know yeah, I'm with you there, but there's one part of it that I didn't like, and I actually had to rewind it because I, I watched it. And I'm like, what the hell just happened there? Yeah. But everything you said was dead on, except for the fact that when he first jumped out at Mad Matt, uh, was it Mad Max is his name? Max yeah, Max. Mad Max, Max Muscle. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Hart actually jumps up on the other side of the ring. Right. And he's actually causing an accidental distraction. Because he's telling the ref, like, Max is getting involved, do something. And the ref has his back turned as mm. DDP is cheating. So yeah. I thought that was weird. Like, all Jimmy had to do was jump down. Yeah. Or just say, uh, look right now. <laughs> or something. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, like, once again, it's one of those WCW things where there's a little bit of weird booking towards the end of this match. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and like, it, this one didn't, I mean, this one, I, I don't, it's not like a major storyline. It's not like something that I would be, like, super angry about at the time. Right, exactly. But it's definitely one of the chinks in the armor that, you know, we're, we've come to see even in the first three, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, it's just, I, I, I know what you, I didn't even, like, think about it like that at the time. But you're right, you're totally right. Like, that's another one of those weird things. And even the renegade jumping out at max muscle thing was the thing that's the thing i noticed where i was like, yeah yeah that just doesn't make sense either yep. but, but then again we don't really know the character of the renegade that much yet so like maybe at the time it makes sense you know that's true too yeah. um but yeah so so <laughs> ddp new champ ddp new champ tv champ after eight minutes kimberly's annoyed <laughs> because you know he cheated basically to win and she's kimberly and she's trying to face it up but he's dirty scumbag ddp after the match, Shivani goes, that was the longest Renegade match ever, I think. <laughs> and um, so they they transition from that. And they talk about Sherry and Colonel Rob Parker, Sensational Sherry. I guess he was, what, Sister Sherry? Sister right Sherry, yeah. Because she's with Harlem Heat. Um, For the record, I love Sherry. I think so she's I, one dude. of the best managers slash valets, she especially was, women, dude, by far she, the best. I was watching um, something from the 80s. And or like early nineties the other day, and um, dude, she like she like in this match too, she gets involved. But dude, she's so athletic. Like she, she, yeah. she was a wrestler. Like she was like the AWA champ, I think, for a while, or the mm-hmm. women's champ. But dude, she like takes crazy bumps. Like I've she, I've seen her get involved more than really any manager ever, as far as like physical stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she's great. I love Sherry too. But um, yeah, she's awesome. So Colonel Rob Robert Parker, he's basically the Southern boy, mm-hmm. and he has a stable. Um so he they are in a romantic link right now right and he goes they've been bit by the love bug uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he talks about dude this part's great like i love this part it's literally just the the heenan and shivani on screen and he did like 
aren't they gonna have beautiful kids, Shivani? And he's like, li- Shivani's literally about to lose his shit. Yep, yep. And he goes, I don't know. And then <laughs> after, <laughs> after, and then, and then he goes, you know, in their little hats and their little dresses. And then Shivani finally loses his shit, and he's like, he literally just says, "Go to the ring," <laughs> like as he's laughing. <laughs> yep, he cracked him. Yeah, so, that was good, good stuff. So yeah, basically anyway, from getting at like that's just great another great Heenan thing. But um yep. so Sherry, basically the big storyline coming into this match, which we didn't even get any of on Nitro, which I was kinda surprised about the way they're building this. Yeah. I don't know how you felt, but basically, uh Sherry is managing Harlem Heat, Booker and Stevie Ray. And Parker Colonel Rob Parker is managed Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick Slater, who mm-hmm. are the champs, the tag team champs. But they're basically all the wrestlers involved. It's kind of a cool storyline where like the wrestlers are the backdrop, but all the wrestlers are almost on in weirdly are on the same side of like we're worried about our managers. Yeah, yeah. This was an interesting setup, storyline in general. They they, they they were basically like yeah, like they were worried that they were gonna screw things up for for the the managers were gonna screw things up for the team. Yep. But they still had to wrestle each other. Like they were worried about so many different out underlying things, which I thought was like it was actually pretty cool to have like other. It was like a storyline where it wasn't just tag team against tag team. It's like, oh, there's like, you know what I'm saying? There's like yep. other things going on, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick Slater. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I think Dick Slater was a lot better in the ring as far as this match went. Yeah, um, oh, definitely. He's but, a um, seasoned veteran at this point. Yeah, and Bunkhouse Buck, I just thought was pretty awful. I'm not gonna lie, he was pretty abysmal. Yeah, he wasn't that good. Um, so this this match so there's a funny part right like where this is another this match was i don't know how you felt it was tremendously boring for me like it it really dragged on that's what i've written down here way too long of a match yeah there's a certain there's a certain point i think where i was literally just like on my phone or on twitter or something because because like guys it got to the point where like even we're reviewing these and taking notes and they were just doing the same thing for like an extended 10 minutes or something yeah this match lasted 16 and 16 minutes and 49 seconds and it should have been a five minute match i thought yeah normally like i like the old school psychology of a tag match and dirty dick and bunkhouse buck are like the perfect old school throwback guys that i usually like right but it's like when you get that match and it's like two two and a half minutes where the bad guys cut the ring in half yeah perfect but they they literally had the upper hand in this match for what felt like an hour <laughs> yeah, dude. and also too I, I don't know if this probably had something to do with it but like it's 95 at the time and i thought that like potentially maybe booker t and stevie ray are just green at the time so like you didn't really have at least as far as i was concerned you didn't really have like a good work workers in there i thought at the like booker was still like obviously we know what booker becomes um mm-hmm. but I, I don't know how you felt i just didn't think there was like a lot of the the work being done in the ring was pretty pretty just bad and boring and not that that you know the, the guys are bad but it's just like the the it too long like you said just too long yep way too long um so the ending like is just the is just the nasty boys um, yeah get involved but the the ending basically so there's the two rings and this is a kind of a cool way to like I loved like, I loved this part of it I did too so. It, they, so the, the, the guys are in the left ring, right, from the hard cam. They're in the left ring, the, the wrestling match. And Harlem Heat finally starts to take control. And then you see Sherry and Colonel Rob <laughs> Parker on the other side. And Sherry's, like, crawling into the ring and, like, crawling over to him. And they just start making out, like, hardcore making out in the ring. 
I'll was, say this. The first one, the first kiss, yeah, it looked like it was closed mouth, especially it from did. the colonel. It did. But then Sherry went for it, man. Dude, she did. It was it was <laughs> it was crazy, dude. And he just opened his mouth and you could see it. He just opened his yep. mouth and she went to town on him. It she was did. amazing. It, and it was it was so it was so funny because like it lasted for so long. The making out was so long. Yeah. So like that was the cameras basically on that. And all the guys it was great. All the guys in the ring. The ref is distracted by this. Which allows <laughs> the nasty boys to run in and kill to by the way, like a pretty big pop. They run in, get involved, and kill Dick Slater. While Sherry and Colonel Rob Parker are still making out. Like they, I'm telling you, they make out for a while in mm-hmm. the other ring. And then Harlem Heat win. So they're the new tag champs. But they needed help from the nasty boys and a distraction from their manager. Um so <laughs> Post match, the, the the Harlem Heat basically has to go get Sherry. Like they have to pull her away, basically. And it's great because you can the mics can pick up. Like they're both like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And they're mad at her. And um, Sherry goes, "Well, you guys won, didn't you? Like you're the champs." And then Booker's like, "Oh yeah, I, get, I mean, I guess you're right. Like we can't be super mad. We won." The right, right. And they yep, take her yep. away. Um, but afterwards, Bunkow, the Gene, me and Gene's on the, um, I guess the stage. And he's like trying to get a word with Bunkhouse Buck, and he calls and he calls Robert Parker lovesick, and he was like, "Where were you?" You're lovesick. He goes, "You're lovesick." He goes, <laughs> "Classic Mean Gene." Where was you when we needed you? That's what Bunkhouse Buck says. Yep. And Parker, honestly, like he's he's a he's an enjoyable like dude, like character on screen. Yeah. He goes, "Um, I feel like I'm in a pit. Like my heart is soaring like an eagle." <laughs> <laughs> like he said, I forgot he said that. He's, he's he basically said he's in a pit, but at the same time he's on cloud nine because his team's losing. <laughs> but he has Sherry now, and then it ends. my heart is soaring like an eagle. Like wait, wait, got to paint the picture first. So <laughs> this guy's like the old Southern gentleman, yeah, with the cowboy hat, and he keeps like from sweating. He's dabbing his face. Like the handkerchief know, is like part of his gimmick with like, the handkerchief. Right. Perfect. Perfect guy for this. And then of course, Sherry, she's decked out in like fishnets, black dress. Yep. Like, like classic, goth, Sherry. you know, awesome. So opposite to track, but his heart was soaring like an eagle over that woman. Amazing. Right. And he goes, it literally ends with him going, I've got to have that girl. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's, it's great, dude. It honestly, like, it, it's a great storyline because it's yeah, like, it's fun. It it's, was fun. It's, it's fun and like it's class. It, like, dude, it's like the manager's torn between a woman and his team. Yep. And Sherry is like the girl who's like ruining everything, but at the same time, her team's winning. So like, what do they have to be mad about? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, they, they they're the tag champs now, basically all because of Sherry. And the big question is: Is Sherry being legitimate here, or is she just exactly. being manipulative? Right, and and it's right. a great, it's a great storyline, dude. It really is. Like I'm interested to see how this plays out on Nitro. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> but dude, I'm telling you, like you guys, like you, when you guys watch this, like it's like a full makeout scene. You're gonna be like, oh my god, they're really going for it. <laughs> Especially because he's like old and Sherry's like Sherry at the time. It's it's hilarious. Right. Right. But um, honestly, like the match sucked. But all the, you know, the uh, what's the right word here? Um, all the other. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, all the other shenanigans, I guess, mm-hmm. about the angle, I thought was really entertaining and, like, cool. So, um... Yeah. Yeah, bad, shenanigans good, match not so good. Match poor, shenanigans good. So, um... Then we go to the announcers, and it's time for the hype of Flair and Arn. Mm. But this time, it's Arn's turn to talk, right? Um, so Flair was basically... They roll a package where Flair was kind of using Arn, 
um, to the point where, like, he would send him in matches and to, like, basically, like, he wasn't appreciating the fact that Arn was kind of, like, taking bullets for him, right? And he would, like, get beat up for, for Flair and he would wrestle for Flair so Flair wouldn't have to type of thing. Um, so he, the whole angle is based off of the fact that Arn wants Flair to be the old Ric Flair, the NWA champ Ric Flair, right? Right. He hasn't been living up to the standards that Flair should have for himself and that Arn has for Flair, right? So it's honestly, I love the way that they're they're doing this. Not that they hate each other, you know what I mean. Um, basically, Arn is gonna try and beat some sense into him, make him a better person. And at one point, Arn's cool quote is, "He says, trading fists with a man I love more than God." And I thought that was just cool. Like, that, yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. It, it's just, dude, and and I didn't realize this, bro. Arn Anderson, as much shit as he gets for just like he was like a great promo, I thought too. Oh yeah. I don't know. Like, I, th- I don't think he should be looked at as, like, a B-list kind of guy as far as history goes because... You know what I think it is? I think it's because they were... He's in the... I think Tolly gets the same rep. Like, I love Tolly's in-ring work. Mm-hmm. And he was a decent promo, too. But I think it's just because they're so close to Rick, they're attached, and they weren't yeah. Rick. You know what I mean? It, it, it yeah, but been, this promo's excellent. It, it would have been cool. Like, this is just speculation, but it would have been cool. Like, I know that... I don't know if you've watched or... or like, I know you know a lot about this, but... They talk. I was watching like the fall, rise and fall of WCW, and they were talking about how Magnum TA was supposed to be Flair's big, yep. Next, like, you know, like he was gonna be the guy that was supposed to be the next Flair, but but face wise, like he was gonna be his big spoil, right? Yep, he was he, he was gonna be the dance partner basically. But, yeah, but he's gotten the bad accident, and I think they. I honestly think that it could have been Arn or Tully being the guy that branches out, but they were in so deep at the point and making so much money. I feel like there was no reason to for like because like at this point Arn and Tully aren't in their prime right like once you got to the 90s they're older there's no point in trying to make a star out of them but mm-hmm. I honestly think they could have made a star out of either like Arn oh yeah oh yeah but you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. Big just, like I'm glad that obviously the horsemen and the legacy they have but easily Arn could have I thought been the you know the, the next guy but um so um the as it goes to like we're getting ready for the match now um, the family feud you never thought you'd see has come to a reality is a quote, I think, from Shivani. So that's pretty cool. Um, so match five, or match, I think, yeah, this, I guess this is match five. Holy shit. I forgot, like, there's two really small matches. Mm-hmm. Um, so Arn versus Flair, boys. They both come out, honestly, to a huge pop. Like, yeah, like, this I, was amazing. I, I thought Flair, dude, actually was getting booed more than Arn. Like, he, Flair had a mixed reaction. But I honestly thought, even though Flair was supposed to be the heel in this angle, that he was going to get cheered more than Arn would. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if that's what you thought too, but um, like he, he definitely Flair got more of a mixed reaction. I thought Arn got the bigger pop, honestly. Like as far yeah, as yeah, Arn was clearly like yeah. the fan favorite here. But I thought this was cool the way they were making this was a big fight field. Dude. They had they were shooting all the wrestlers. Um, all came out to watch the match. So like. I just noted some guys like Parker's out there now. Like even though he was just in the thing, Boss Man, Eddie Guerrero. Like that's the first time we saw Eddie Guerrero. <clears throat> yes, like, that was like oh shit, Eddie Guerrero's here. There's Eddie. Yep. But they they just showed basically the entire locker room, which was cool because like it was like oh this is so important, right? And it it does. It, it's almost Pillman. Sh- Pillman was there. Right, Pillman. It's almost a shame that this is not the main event. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. almost a shame this comes during Fall Brawl because, mm-hmm. it, like, in War Games. Because if it wasn't, this is obviously to me the the clear cut main event. Oh, absolutely. But um, so I marked here for all you viewers and for you, big Hollywood. <laughs> at one hour thirty eight minutes and fifty seven seconds, 
you got the first cyst sighting for Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys want to see Flair's cyst, go right ahead to 13857 um, on the network. Beautiful. <laughs> um, all right, you ready for my big notes on the match? I have it as best as I could, like move for move pretty much, or exchange for exchange as always. Yeah, let's do it, man. Uh, before you get started, I'm just going to say like generally. Yeah. I love the fact that Flair actually had the timid role here. He was like mm-hmm. reluctant to lock up with Arn, and Arn was there to fight him. Yeah. And and they just did such a good job with this, and they, they took their time and spread it out and let that breathe. You know, for the first I, I, couple minutes. Yep. I, I said, um, like, it, there's a lot of, like, okay, so the, the match starts, right? And Arn's mocking Flair's woo after, like, a drop toll. They did a lot of, like, the things you just said, like the letting the storyline breathe where they do a move. And then they'd sit back and let the crowd get into it for, like, however long. Yeah. You know what yep. I mean? So it, it really is, like, it starts out, like, how, kind of how you expect it would, where Arn's throwing Flair around. And um, <laughs> at one point, like, they're kind of trying to wrestle and flip and orange just slaps flair in the face and he sells it like he was mm. not expecting it it's just cla- it's so good it's so classic and he rolls out of the ring after he takes this bump and he's trying to get some heat um orange working the arm and he slaps flair again and he does the other uh, bump again and it's like like you said it's like orange here to fight like Arn, yep. it's not like bullshit orange like i'm gonna beat you because i need to beat you um for your own sake kind of thing yep um, more mat wrestling. The arm was I put arm working the arm. Arm Anderson. He was he was really <laughs> working the arm, but um eventually Flair literally gets like no offense, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually the first offense he gets, and I love this, is was just the classic flair chop and the crowd loses it and they start wooing and it's great. That's amazing. Um, oh. <laughs> so Flair's Flair's like firing back finally with a lot of chops and his classic flair offense. Um Arn into a sleeper. And then he gets a knee to the back. Um, work, he's still working the arm. He's honestly like healing the arm at this point. Where yeah. like he's not letting Flair get up. Like he's really toying. He's not really toying with Flair, but he he's in control this whole time. Yeah. Um, so it's a lost art. There's a great spot where Flair does his corner thing, where they wh- he whips him into the corner. Arn whips Flair into the corner, and he goes over the top. And uh, Arn goes to the Arn hits like an axe handle to the outside. And I just thought it was cool to see him hit like an axe handle because I didn't think. Arn Anderson of all people really top ropes you know not a high risk guy no yep so then Flair finally gets control and um he's working on big time crowds the crowd's hot for this entire thing crowd was great for this great um and he goes for the dirty pin and um just classic Flair shit like where he puts his legs on the on the ring yep yep um so Arn comes back right and uh he gets him in the corner and he hits the uh the, the, you know the classic flare when he gets back body dropped and he falls on his side yep. and the crowd at this point is lose like dude i don't i can't express how much the crowd's into this match because it's yeah. like a simple match but it just everything they do works mm-hmm. and then dude did you notice that this is another weird thing so they're doing a low blow spot obviously for flair to get his heat back and for whatever reason randy anderson the ref stops arn from punching flair like all of a sudden it's illegal it was weird because okay so flair's on his knees okay yep and He's looking up at Arn, and Arn goes to punch him, and the ref like literally grabs Arn, and it's like, dude, like you let him punch him the entire match, but all of a sudden you can't punch Flair. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's it's just it's dumb. It was another dumb WCW thing. Which yeah, was, I made note of it, and it was extremely weird. I don't even. It came out of nowhere. And and even no the low idea. the low blow hit Flair hit was bad. Like you couldn't even see it. The camera work was abysmal. You know, because mm-hmm. he, he didn't low blow him like with the classic arm. He, he like I guess he punched him in the crotch region like. 
I, mm-hmm. It was weird. It, the whole thing was scuffed, and I wish they could have. I love Flair doing a low blow for the pur- purpose of Flair's character in the match, but I wish they could have just made it super clear and not. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? I yeah. should have done a total different spot, whatever. Um, but then it's great because Flair, you know, Flair, he, he's the dirtiest player in the game. He's strutting his stuff on the outside because he low blow blew him. <laughs> Suplex on the outside. Flair has the upper hand, lots of chops. Tree of woe. Dude, this was great. There's Flair's in a tree of woe and Arn chokes him. I thought it was great. Um, and then Arn goes for, this is like, we're, we're well into the match at this point, guys. Um, Arn's going for a DDT and Flair holds onto the rope so Arn does a, a back body drop which ah uh, dude i love like a spot when that like spots like that yes like when you know it's just like he almost has it but flares just boom like he barely hold, hangs on and then arn gets the upper hand again though um arn goes off the top flare hits him with the right hand and dude figure four leg lock on glues ashville crowd went nuts dude. And then, nuts. bro, this this is great. The, the crowd goes nuts when he puts it in. But Arn, because Arn, he blocked the he blocked it briefly when he first put it in. So like it was like, oh my god, he didn't get it in yet because no one really blocked Flair's figure four at the time. So he he somehow blocks it with his arm, and then Flair gets it in for a while. And Arn finally reverses it, dude, and the crowd's the loudest it's been all night. They're, yep. they're losing their mind. Like they don't. Heenan's like, oh, no one ever really does that. Like reverses it, whatever. Um. So then Arn hits a small package after this for a near fall, and Flair's working the, uh, I think I said knee there, um, and Arn sells the- Hi, friend. It's your home speaking, and I need some favors. Could you turn on some of the lights in the basement? Um, I'm scared of the dark. Also, this one is easy. Could you bundle your home and car insurance with Geico so we could save money? Last thing. Just a suggestion. Could you steam clean the carpets? I need a spa day. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today. With Root Insurance, you have the power to control your own rates, and that could save you a lot of money. Root is a new type of car insurance that looks deeper than traditional insurers by using the sensors in your smartphone to understand important details about how you actually drive. That's how Root is able to give better drivers a better price. Here's how it works. Just download the Root app, get on the road, and we'll give you a quote. Learn more at joinroot.com. Disclaimers may apply. See joinroot.com for details. And Pillman, Brian Pillman jumps the crowd, gets on the apron, refs distracted. He, he, him and Flair exchange some words, and then eventually Pillman punches Flair. Arn hits the DDT and gets the win at 22-37. I was very surprised to see Pillman get involved here. Uh, completely surprised. I have no idea where they're going with Pillman now. I'm excited, though, I would say. Because the, the Pillman matches we've seen so far have been awesome. So mm-hmm. if he gets to work with Flair, Arn, or to get in the storyline somehow, I think it'd be great. But um, I was so shocked to see it win this way. And I love the fact that it, it ended this way because nobody got a clear-cut win. Protects both of them, yep. Arn I think you had to had to book it that way because the match was just incredible yeah and as it's going on i'm thinking to myself who the hell do you put over here yeah and i'm so glad they came up with this because they they almost had to if if not pillman it had to be somebody so and i'm and i i'm glad it's i think of anyone i'm trying to think mid card wise that's gonna get a little push here yeah i think pillman's the guy that we at least i want to see you know what i mean like yeah yeah, he's the perfect guy for this 
But dude, they guys, this match is another like just classic work of like mid Atlantic wrestling. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just so good. What do you like better, this or the opening match? I still think the opening match because of how much it surprised me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that this was great, but like I expected it to be great, so my expectations were higher. You know what I right. mean? Right? Yeah, yeah. Like the shock value of the opening match really won it for me. But and I mean, dude, like this show is stacked right now. I think this oh, match, okay. this match, dude, was. Like this is another one, guys. We're like, we can't do it justice. You got to go watch it. The way the build was great. I wish, dude. I wish we. This is the one thing that like almost sucks, but not really because we still have to see it. Like if we were if we started this podcast like three months before in the timeline, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We would have got to see more of the build and we would have been more invested. But I still think the build, even just for us, was awesome. And like I was invested enough, you know. Yeah, I think their two promos just on this show alone was enough to be honest to sell it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, but this was uh. I got to think this had to be a classic WCW match because, uh, you know, we talked earlier, Brian and Johnny B. Bad, no one ever talks about it, but I got to think this was the opposite. This is probably the one that everybody yeah, remembers. This is probably talked about a lot. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Yeah, it was excellent. Go watch good, it. For good reason. Like, it was mm-hmm. great. And once again, it's weird, dude. Only 85,000 people bought this, which means less yeah. than 100,000 people worldwide saw this probably. Crazy. Um. But yeah, like just another great flair match. He can't put on a bad match, I'm convinced. No. But dude, also by the way, the way Arn hits a DDT is arguably as good as Jake Roberts. I love the way he was he hit the DDT. I don't think there's an argument about it. I mean, he he nailed it. <laughs> he did. He did. But yeah, yes. Arn's pretty awesome, man. So finish I thought was great. Protects both of them, and I'm excited to see where this goes. So. Yep. Yep. So now it's basically we're getting the main event time. And uh, oh, it's it's time for gold right here. They they do so before they they're about to get a Hulkamaniacs promo, which is by the way I don't like the fact that they're ta- calling them the team Hulkamaniacs because they're really not. They're all individuals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's I know, just, but Hogan's the captain. You know? I know, but <laughs> he always has to be number one at everything. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> so in this segment, this is all kind of one segment. Um, they do a in like this. In, I wrote insane Dungeon of Doom Solomon video package. He is just talking some crazy shit, dude. Yeah. He said, "You and I can't." And it's great because he's supposed to be the Taskmaster, but he's from like Boston. He's a really like. <laughs> New England accent. He's like, you and I can't coexist, Hogan. Like, your scalp will boil. Soon your hearing will go. The master himself will drive the wagon with the Hulkamaniac's carcasses. He could. <laughs> Dude, it, oh my God, this is crazy. Yep. Um, So the announcers, <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. There's something about they, they run out of time or something. Like, Heenan's about to make a comment and he, Shivani cuts him off. He said, all right, we're almost out of time here. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had to um, get to it. So they do another hype package and they talk about how now that Vader's AWOL Luger, like they did, they did the, um, they, instead of the Dungeon of Doom hype package, after, after they go through that, they do the, uh, like Vader's AWOL Luger's here, that whole storyline about Luger debuting. So they, they roll that video package. Um, and they really build how Lex could be a pawn and like, they don't know where the loyalty is. Right. Right. So it's a mean gene promo and this dude this is some gold boys i wrote gold these four are gold that's what i wrote so it's luger mean gene jr (laughs) macho hogan and sting okay oh and they're all dude 
it, he's just interviewing them one by one. But when the one person isn't being interviewed, the rest are posing or high-fiving or yelling random ad-libbed comments. Yeah, fantastic. It's so funny. They're all so obsessed with themselves. They're all dressed in army fatigues, oh. and they all have the face paint on, the green camouflage. It's face. so oh funny. God. Dude. They're high-fiving each other, and Macho and like Luger are doing all these crazy like weird handshake things. And you can tell it's like like Macho just riffing, and like Luger's like, what am I doing? Like He's like, what's happening? All right, so um, I, I took some notes here on this one sec <laughs> section of this segment. So they're flipping out crazy. Like The energy is amazing, right? Mm -hmm. They're all going nuts. They're all totally hype. And at one point, Hogan and Gene and Jimmy Hart are trying to talk like Hogan's trying to cut this promo and the other three guys, they actually leave the shot. Yeah. Like they walk off to the left and this is the best part. Like 10 seconds later, Sting just slowly walks through and looks at the camera and he's going, woo. And he walks off right behind him is macho. And he's doing this arm scissors, like, like jaws with his arms, like Pac-Man. And he walks off and then L Lex Luger comes up from behind from the bottom of the camera flexing yep and and the whole time they're doing this like they're all out of their minds and hogan's trying to cut a promo it, it's they're like it, it's like, like four <laughs> it's like well five if you count jimmy hart crackheads just like yes. lives in their minds dude you dude i wrote down some of macho's quotes are you ready for this i have three quotes and yep. during his promo part he goes united we stand watch this foursome we are devastating he goes <laughs> and then <laughs> Dude, you know, you know what? They're loving USA. Like, the whole thing is based around USA, but it's like you're not wrestling. Yeah. Like, yeah. the Russians. This isn't like the Cold War. Like, you're just wrestling the Dungeon of Doom. There's no, like, patriotic thing about this other than Hogan isn't, like, they're in America. Like, there's... They're, right. they're, they're all jazzed completely. Like, but it makes American it funny. Soldiers. It makes it's it so funny. so great. Yep. I literally put this as, like, the best promo of all time. Like, it's <laughs> so funny. But, like, you have to visually... We can't do it justice because you have to visually see how crazy and crackhead they are. It's so funny, dude. Oh, my God. Me, me and Gene, like, I don't know how he keeps it together. Like, he's the he is the best at, like, his job for that reason alone. Um, Like, they had to know, too, like, I can't believe we get paid to do this. Yeah. Like, yeah, seriously. It, was, it was so insane. It was great. Like, they're, they're the biggest... Dude, it is crazy. Like when I watch this, as stupid as they are and as funny as they are, it's crazy to me. Like how much star power is in this segment. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Bischoff really got the the big guys. The guys need to get. But um, are you ready for the main event War Games match? All right, let's do it. So here we go. Dod versus the Hulkamaniacs. At the beginning, they add a stipulation where if Hogan wins, he gets the Taskmaster for five minutes or whatever, right, mm -hmm. after the match. So the Dungeon of Doom, bro, I f is Kamala, the Zodiac, Shark. And I feel bad because Mang is in there, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Haku, who is, like, a legit good wrestler and, like, is feared in the business. But he doesn't really have a gimmick. His name's just Mang. Like, he's, like... Like, they're just, like, from the Isle of, like, the Pacific Islands or whatever. Yeah. Like, he doesn't, like, he's not gimmicked up, really. He's just, like, himself, but he's in the Dungeon of Doom. So right. So, it's, like, they call him the face of fear, man. So, it's not like he's, I don't know. It, it's weird. Like, everyone else has, like, a weird gimmick to them. And Mang's kind of just, like, playing himself, but he's in the Dungeon of Doom. But, um, I thought, so, the, they come out and, uh, were you surprised? I, I don't know, maybe, maybe because they were on a time cut, but they didn't get singular entrances. They just played a war game song. Like, no one got their song. It was just Macho came out, and then Sting, and then Luger, and then Hogan. Yeah, I got to think it was time. 
Yeah. Um, like they just played the thing, like they just played the the random war games music or whatever. So um, I thought Luger got a huge pop actually, um, a little bit smaller than Hogan's because obviously Hogan's Hogan, but Luger was definitely over at this time. Um, and Heenan goes, Jimmy looks like he's lost a few wars when he sees Jimmy Hart. Because <laughs> Jimmy Hart's also wearing like a cutoff shirt with the face paint. It's great. So um, this match starts with Shark and Sting. In the Shark, match. yes. Um, and the announcers mention that Giant is here. So that's not really talked about. But the Giant is in the building, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sting body slams Shark, everyone loses it, like, Shark goes for cover, realizes he can't eliminate Sting, like, I don't know what he was doing, <laughs> he, like, falls on him, like, he's gonna, he's gonna, like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I guess you forgot, like, there's no pin. <laughs> right, until everyone's in the, the match, but, um, it's, bo- honestly, the work here is boring, it's just, Sting, like, it, it, the whole, the whole match, basically, I'll just tell you, tell you guys the order, because it's not really, honestly, I don't, I don't know how you feel, there's nothing noteworthy as far as in-ring work. No, so, basically, it was just a brawl. It was a it was, it was six a, brawl. Basically. You could tell, like I, I one, like I wrote here, I wrote like you could tell that like they were just going in there and messing around. Like there wasn't anything planned out. There wasn't any spots that were like they were just going in there slamming each other and like doing casual work and punching each other. But the entrance, so the the so when Sting and Shark were in first, Zodiac came in, then Macho, then Kamala for Dungeon of Doom, then Luger. Then Mang and Hogan finally came in. And when Hogan came in, dude, they lost their mind. Um, obviously, as I figured they would. But they really lost their shit when Hogan came in. But, okay, so... Yep, he's still still way the hell over at this point. Yep. So, Luger, Luger entered. When Luger entered, though, he hits double clotheslines, and he's really... Turn, he turns the tides for the match. Um, mm-hmm. But during, I forgot about this, before Hogan even gets in the ring, um, Luger accidentally hits Savage and Sting, tries to hold them apart, but they actually start fighting within the match. Like they, Luger, Yeah, I'm glad they did that too. I did too. So it's like you could tell, you know, they're, they're, they're still not, loyalty's yep. still not there. Ulterior um, motives. Ulterior motives. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's really all DOD until Hogan comes in. Um, it's great. Hogan has chalk and he uses it, which I thought was a really face thing of him to do. <laughs> Classic, like, he's... It's a war, brother. It's a war, brother. Um, he uses it on the entire Dungeon of Doom as he enters. Um, they do this funny slinky spot where... Um, mm, Zodiac. Like he's, yeah, he's coming back and forth, and he's getting hit. And Heenan goes, oh, the dirt... Oh, when he when he throws the chalk, Heenan makes a comment where he's like, the dirtiest, cheapest, blah, blah, blah. Like, he just goes in on Hogan. It's great, because he's... Oh, he, 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 He's been he did that since I don't know eighty five. Dude, he's he, the best. He, he hates Hogan. It's so great. He he was like he was the voice we needed before we knew we needed it. You know what I mean? Yes. Um. So Lugan slaps Hogan. Right. This this is a cool spot. I thought where Luger slapped Hogan, but not as like a mean way. Like he tapped him on the back, but Hogan jumped. He was like, "Oh shit!" Like, mm-hmm. like are you gonna attack me? Basically. Um. And then out of nowhere, dude. It, Hogan throws Zodiac into the other ring because everyone's in the left ring. He throws him into the right ring and he puts him in a camel clutch, but they don't call it the camel clutch. Um, yeah. And he just wins like out of nowhere, like no cool spot. That was it. It was just done. Like that was the match. Zodiac yeah, it was taps. interesting. Yep. Hogan. I don't know if it was a time cut and they really screwed it up or what, but the match itself was pretty abysmal. I thought like, I don't know what I was expecting, but. Yeah, there was no actual wrestling. It was just. It was. 
and straight it was, up a brawl, and then the match started, and it was a brawl, and that was it. It's it's absolutely nothing like the war games you see NXT putting on today. Like right. it's it's so old fashioned, but it's and it's not. But this wasn't like good old Ric Flair Harley Race war games, Dusty war games. This is like bad, like just really abysmal work. I thought <laughs> war right. games. Um, so now since Hogan won the the um. He, he gets the Taskmaster for five minutes. Mm-hmm. So Taskmaster's running away, and two random strangers get him, which I don't know why the hell the Hulkamaniacs couldn't go get him. Um, yeah, I almost feel like they were, like the referee was holding him at the top of the entrance ramp. Yeah. And I almost feel like he looked off camera, and I, f- I felt like there were supposed to be a couple guys, but only one guy came out right. to help him. And it was really weird seeing, like, that guy, like whoever ref, he was, right. and the ref pushing Sullivan down. Because, like, he's, really he's literally supposed to be, like, a powerful entity in this right. angle. And Hogan's the only guy who can, like... like he's being built, literally, as, like, Hogan's number one ad- adversary, other than mm-hmm. the giant. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's what I put, dude. Why doesn't... Because the, the Dungeon of Doom, as he's getting in the ring, are, like, going backstage. And, like, why is, aren't they trying to help him? Wouldn't it have been great if, outside the ring, DOD's trying to get in and get him, and the Hulkamaniacs have to hold him off, like Macho, Sting, and Luger. Right, Wouldn't yeah. that have been a great visual? But instead, they just go to the back. Or like you said, I I expected the other three to like go up and grab Sullivan and carry him Yeah, exactly. Down. But instead, they all go back to the back, bro. But um, yep. so you can hear Savage go, ooh, yeah, like, um, <laughs> for some reason. I don't know <laughs> Yep, why. I heard it. Um, Just random as he's walking dude, by the camera. The ref opens the door for Hogan when they're inside the ring. Mm-hmm, Yeah. I was like, that's weird too. Yeah. But um, so like this is this whole part's kind of scuffed, guys, for multiple reasons. Um, and then out of nowhere, when Hogan's beating him up, the giant shows up during the match. No music, walks to the ring. They're fighting in the ring, and I don't know if you heard this, dude, but um, Hogan is he screaming spots at the giant, like. Because the crowd's losing their mind, basically. Hogan's, like, screaming, like, telling him what to do next. Like, because I guess the giant was so green at the time. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Hogan's literally, like, yelling spots to him. Um, And, dude, he gets him in the spot, right? And you're, like, the tension gets built up. Giant gets the upper hand. Giant, the end of the show, guys, is the giant legit, he gets him in, like, this sleeper hold. But he, like, acts like he breaks his neck. And that's the end of the show. He basically giant legit tries to break hogan's neck so as the show's going to black buffers calling for paramedics the hulkamaniacs finally get to the ring i don't know where they were you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um the like the show goes to black and they basically are building the fact that hogan's neck might be broken and he could be dead <laughs> like that's yeah what the, happened. they literally it was if to paint the picture he was standing behind hogan and it was you know one hand on the chin the other hand on top of the head and he like cranked it yep as if to break it. Um, I'll say this though. I did love the fact where Hogan had Sullivan and his back was to giant. Yeah. And giant put his hands on Hogan and Hogan turned around and he had the big eyes mm-hmm. and he, he did sell it like, Oh my God, I'm seeing the ghost of Andre right yep. here. Cause it reminded me of like WrestleMania three, like Hogan yep. did a good job in that, in that second there. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, I, I'm not shitting on Hogan or the Giant or anything. It's just such a weird finish. It's such a weird way to end a show. Now, I talk about getting heat. That's a way to get heat. But it just looked so bad. Like, 
uh, like I wouldn't have believed at the t- I mean maybe if I was like six years old but I wouldn't have been you know thir- 12 13 14 and actually thought Hogan just died you know what I'm saying right right like because it, it didn't look real enough it's just a weird spot it would have been better if like maybe they threw him through the ring something you know big spot like that but they weren't doing that really back then so it True. was just it was just kind of a weird writing way to end the show mm-hmm. um, but yeah show goes the black the next when we could do the next Nitro review we're going into it thinking Hogan could be dead that's yes that's literally like the champ could be dead we don't even know we have to watch nitro tomorrow to see yep no idea it's a good way to get people to watch like i said it's just you know yep but um so that's the show that there it is boys what did you think there it is i think overall like we mentioned earlier we got a nice little smorgasbord here Mm -hmm. and the the not so good wrestling segments i thought were entertaining um, so I think overall I dug the show, especially Arn and Flair and the opening match. Yeah. I mean, two amazing matches on this card. I, I thought I, I, thought, I enjoyed the show. I, I'm saying I like the show. I, I, I did too. I think that like, even though like the war games match didn't really live up to my hype, I don't know what I would expect when it's like, cause yeah, you on one side of the coin, you have Hogan, Sting, Macho and, and Luger. But on the mm-hmm. other side of the coin, you have the Zodiac, Kamala, <laughs> Mang, and Shark. Like, yeah. what can they do, really? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And as much as, like, we do see the weird finishes sometimes and the weird ref spots and the weird, like, no rules thing they do, it wasn't, like, littered all over the show. Every match didn't have a dusty finish. Um, and yeah, this was much better than Nitro. And even, right. And even the the finish that did have, a, like, a interference was awesome. Like, it, it, took, it added to the match for me, mm-hmm. not took away. So Right, right. Uh, yeah, I think if I was, you know, my age at this time and I got the show, I think I would have been pleased with it, you know? I think I yeah. would have been it built it built the storyline more for really everything. There was literally like two great solid match of the year candidates. Um and you know, as good as uh, like the the storylines I'm interested in, like the, the Robert Parker and the um Sherry one and the main storyline, the Flair Arn and just mm-hmm. in general, I'm excited to see Johnny be bad against Sting, dude. Um, yep. Like, that'll be cool, too. But, yeah. And Tillman's like, involvement moving mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the show, too. I uh, I encourage you guys to actually go watch this because, uh, and if at least you don't want, you don't have time for the full thing, at least watch the, the Johnny be bad match and Pillman and watch the Flair Arn match. Um, yeah. And if you want, watch the makeout scene. But, um, yeah, that's that a good show i think i think for you know for the first pay-per-view in the nitro era um i think it did its job i thought it was cool um i gotta say i think wwf has its work cut out for them because yeah Yeah. so that'll be in two weeks right we got in your house in your house yeah so it better be a good show because this was i mean pretty good overall yeah definitely um you ready for the star of the segment yes we'll do the well, what did we do last time? We did star of the show, match of the show, and promo of the show? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I think promo of the show, we'll start with that because that's easy. Um, Hulkamaniacs for me. 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, star of the show, who'd you think? Um... I think I'm going to give it to Flair. 
I see. I think I, I'm I, like I'm on the same wavelength as you, but I think I'm going to give it to Arn for basically okay. the same <laughs> for the same reasons. I probably yeah. would give it to Flair. Yeah, I, I think I just liked Arn for some reason. I enjoyed Arn's promo a little bit more. Nothing like because uh, for some reason I enjoyed his perspective about everything more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's fair. Okay. And now match of the show, dude. Which one I, are you gonna go with? I'm going with the opening match. I am too. I have to. Oh, it, shocked. It, it 29 minutes. Oof. We got overtime. We got draw action. We got, you know, mm-hmm. it admit, oh, dude, it was, oh, I just cannot believe I've never heard of it before. It blows my freaking mind. Yeah. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I really like, I can. And- I, literally, I can see why, like, WWF at the time was excited about hiring Mero. Mm-hmm. You know? And the false finishes, too. Like, I didn't expect to see that in 95. Yeah. So many near falls. It yep. was it was seriously like watching like Omega Okada. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Like, like the way the the match was laid out, it was it for real was. Obviously, not as like hard hitting or anything, but you know, like dude, and there was blood too. I forgot. Like he was busted yep. for the whole thing. Yep. I'm interested. I'm I'm really like a secondary star of the show. I think Pillman because of his involvement in the Flair Arm match. You know. Yeah, that's fair. Like, too. I'm interested to see what he's doing too. But um, yeah. You got any other final closing words on the show? No, uh, I think I'm good here, but I'm I'm surprised how much I'm enjoying WCW at the moment because I Me thought too. for sure it was going to be a train wreck. It, it, and even though it kind of is a train wreck, it's a cool train wreck. It's an watch. entertaining train wreck. Yes. Yeah. Like you can tell, like, for instance, the last match looks like a train wreck. Everything they do really in the main event segments, but it's so good, too. Like you don't want to look away. And that's all right. that matters, right? That's right. Um. All right, y'all. I think that pretty much does it for this show. 1995 fall brawl review 0.48 buy rate 6600 in attendance um we got nitro and raw coming up for the second head-to-head week that'll be our fourth episode um thank you guys so much for listening and watching um if you checked it out on youtube um follow us on twitter at monday night marks um you know stream everything on all, all the streaming platforms google apple music um spotify all that cheese and uh yeah i guess we'll see you guys next episode see ya deuces hey it's your home and i need to ask you a few favors in the kitchen there's a spider stuck between the window and the screen and i know it's dead and technically it's outside but it's still freaking me out can you flick it out or something Also, just to save some money and it's super easy, could you bundle your home and car insurance with GEICO? Last thing, could you take the holiday decorations down? Yeah, I'm one of those. GEICO. For bundling made easy, go to GEICO.com today. With Root Insurance, you have the power to control your own rates, and that could save you a lot of money. Root is a new type of car insurance that looks deeper than traditional insurers by using the sensors in your smartphone to understand important details about how you actually drive. That's how Root is able to give better drivers a better price. Here's how it works. Just download the Root app, get on the road, and we'll give you a quote. Learn more at joinroot.com. Disclaimers may apply. See joinroot.com for details.